Hey there, did you know that currently this podcast is just about at 2,000 downloads in two and a half months? That means several hundred of us are coming together and hearing these conversations each and every time I drop episodes. When I think about that, it's just utterly amazing. And here's a shout out to all you in Texas. Right now, you are leading the market in downloads, so keep it up. But here's the thing. I need help to grow my reach. I would really love to have you seriously consider supporting this podcast by sponsoring an episode. So there's a link in the show notes to check out how to become a sponsor of a particular episode here on Dr. Me First. And with the sponsorship, they're going to be different than other podcasts. You know, other podcasts is more commercially. I would love the support and sponsorship of this podcast to be a shout out to a colleague, to spread inspiration by telling about something amazing that you're doing in your life or business or practice, sharing a silly story or joke to bring some more fun into our lives, something like that that brings encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun. Whatever it is, I would love to partner with you to make this podcast better. So head to my website via the link in the show notes and sign up to be a sponsor of an episode just one time. Super easy, very inexpensive, and it will be totally tailored to this fun, energizing idea. So think about it, pop on over, and if you have any additional questions, just email me at erinwiseman at gmail.com. Welcome back to Dr. May First. It's a podcast all about authentic conversations between us, female physicians. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and coach in life. And I'm hoping that through these conversations that I'm having with other female colleagues, I'm bringing you encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun to your life and your practice. So if you have felt alone in medicine, it's not going to happen anymore because you have found a community of truth-speaking, life-saving, fierce females who want to support and lift one another up. So today is episode number 29, and in today's episode, I am talking with Dr. Charmaine Gregory. She is a nocturnist um, in her emergency room, and she speaks about her journey through burnout and now on the other side, dancing in the light. Dr. Gregory picked the word truth today, and you know that that rings true with me since my company is called Truth Prescriptions. So I can't wait to share this episode with you and make sure after our conversation that you stick around for a little bit of that kick of encouragement. So here we go. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Wiseman back with another interview. I have got an amazing female colleague with me today, Dr. Charmaine Gregory, and she's going to tell you all a little bit about herself. Hi, everyone. I am Charmaine Gregory, and I am a nocturnist emergency physician and have been one for the last 12 years, did spend the first year out of residency doing all the shifts, but then fell in love with nights and have been doing that ever since. I have three very rambunctious children who basically span the age from 10. I have a 10-year-old, I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. I have an amazing husband who is also got the entrepreneurial bug as I have gotten over the last few years. And um, I have been in emergency medicine and love emergency medicine, was drawn to emergency medicine uh, while in medical school after 
looking at everything and figuring out that my attention span and my desire for trying new things constantly fit perfectly with the specialty. My story is one of um, a realization of dreams as well as threat to the dream and then recovery from that threat. And right about year eight for me, I went through a rough spot. I stumbled, I fell flat on my face. I was deep into the deep, dank, dark abyss of burnout. And it was a happy accident of several things coming together in my life that allowed me to start to focus on my self-care. And from doing that, uh, was able to surface from that, that deep pit. And I learned during, during that experience that I was not alone in this dismal journey, unfortunately. I did not appreciate all the resources that were available at the time. I did not even know what burnout was, even though I was experiencing it personally. And I just started sharing my journey, my wellness journey. I started helping other people to realize their wellness through fitness and exercise and started working on my personal development by reading books about personal development. And it was amazing because I regained the joy that I previously had for my craft and I became a champion for wellness and physician wellness in particular, as well as knowing what it is to have been burnt out and reaching out a hand to those who may be experiencing the same. As a corollary and as a side effect of this whole experience, I developed a company and it's, it's entitled Fervently Fit with Charmaine, LLC. And initially it started out as a virtual fitness company, coaching company, and it has morphed over the last several years into something more. And part of it is somewhat selfish because it is my passion project and it is my way of keeping balance, so to speak, and making sure that that joy is preserved, cherished, emboldened so that I don't, well, I don't have to hear the alarm go off at 10, 15 p.m. and it's time to get up from my anchor sleep to go into work and I have to go through the mental exercise of, okay, Charmaine, open your eyes. Okay, lift your body up off the bed. Get into the sitting position. Swing your legs around. Put your feet on the ground. Stand up and move. And then go through a similar exercise once I got to the parking lot, telling myself, get your knuckles from that position and move your fingers. Open them up. Release the steering wheel. Open the door. Swing your legs out of the car get on the ground, move towards the hospital. There are people waiting there that need your expertise. There are people waiting there that need you to care for them on the worst night of their lives. And so now my appreciation for what I've been trained to do is a very different than even when I first came out of residency. And all because I have a greater desire, a greater why, so to speak, as Simon Sinek would always say. I don't know if anybody's familiar with him, but 
If you've never read the book, Start With Your Why, it is a fabulous book to read no matter what you're getting into, but particularly if you're looking for a passion project and how to kind of structure that process. And so now my, my perspective is completely different. So kind of going back to how Fervently Fit with Charmaine has evolved. So I no longer do virtual fitness coaching, but now I have gotten into writing blogs. I have also been a part of two books that were published this year. The first is The Chronicles of Women in White Coats, which was an amazing project because it was a collaborative where 19 physicians and one dentist got together and told their narratives. And it is something that was completely happenstance in how it was created. It was a beautiful marriage of all of the, all of the experiences that we go through as professional women. And it was completely unscripted. And the fact that it is our experiences and our narratives just makes it even more powerful. And so that was an amazing project. And then um, just in October, I was, we released the second book, which is Thinking About Quitting Medicine, Volume 2. That was also an anthology. It's pretty neat because it's written in the soap format. So the beginning of each chapter is a soap note, and then the, the, uh, then the narrative follows and basically takes you, takes you through each writer's experience with when they considered quitting medicine and what was the resolution. So I was very honored to be part of that project as well. And then, of course, the Women in White Coats was not only a book, but it's also become a movement. So from the book, we've been able to start a blog, which allows for everyone to have a voice, every woman in white coats to have the opportunity to contribute to the blog and have a voice and to get her narrative out there. So that has been very, very, very rewarding and exciting to be a part of. And I was actually, I took, I took up the responsibility of being the host for the Women in White Coats podcast, which will be launched in January. We're working on refining episodes and doing all those things. Of course, I didn't know what I was doing because, of course, I just said, I just want to do a podcast. All right. Uh, I'm not sure how to do that. So, you know, I just kind of did it. And so we're kind of working. I've done a course now. So I'm aware of like what that entails. And we're going to be refining that. So the first episode is maybe on the rougher side of things, but I'm hoping that the subsequent episodes are going to be progressing in a, in a good direction. And it's just another way to amplify the voices of those among us who have contributed to the blog and been interviewed on the Facebook live stream, as well as other opportunities. We've had some interviews with some pretty awesome colleagues. And so that's going to be a great avenue for us to just amplify our voices and really make it known that we're powerful and that we have a lot to offer in medicine, outside of medicine, and uh, just a great way for us to uplift each other. So I'm very excited about that. But I have to say, like, the most 
the thing that I'm really, really excited about is that I launched my own personal podcast. Booyah! So that was something. <laughs> that was something that I was like, oh, I really want to podcast. Kind of selfish reasons again. I literally have a crazy fear of public speaking, and I figured for my goals for 2017 were to be an author twice, and that happened in 2018. So my goals now for 2019 is basically is to become a speaker that is basically asked to speak. <laughs> there you go. So I'd like to take the show on the road there. And one of the ways that I'd like to develop that skill is by podcasting. That's and amazing. so Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. I think you live in my closet at my house. There right? are so many of the same things. You are my new BFF and you didn't even know it before you came on the podcast. Oh my oh, God, truth. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, isn't it amazing that from the deepest, darkest low, we really, I've seen so many women rise from the ashes and just soar. And I can just hear it in your voice because God damn, the bottom pit of burnout sucks. Mm -hmm. But you know, being on the other side now, just like I hear in your story, oh my God, life is so much better. It's not easier, but oh, it's amazing to be on the light side now. And I'm with you. You know, you, you may or may not know the background to all of mine. Pretty much you just told my bio, but a little bit differently. <laughs> Because same thing, that that is why this podcast is this, that is why I became a life coach, that is why I get up every morning and send emails out because no one is alone. No one is going to be alone and burn out like I was. Nobody. Because that was the darkest hell dungeon and I have made it my life mission that girls, I got the keys, we are getting out of that jail cell. No, that's so true. It is uh it is very ubiquitous, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's a well kept secret at the same time. Yeah. Cause I feel like as you're talking about it, as I'm talking about it, as other colleagues, that once we get enough awareness and once we get enough people talking about what that feels like and recognizing it sooner or when, mm -hmm. you know, like you mentioned, like you didn't even know you're about, I didn't even know I was burned out. I was burned out mm -hmm. in residency. And it wasn't until I got out into private practice that the finally knocking on my skull several million times that I was like, something's wrong. I can't keep doing this. And then when I started mm -hmm. getting on the internet, like I tell our patients not to do, that's when I'm like, well, holy shit, <laughs> I'm burned out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yes, I think it's amazing. It's well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, anybody who's listening, I will definitely make sure all that stuff gets in the show notes because it is too good. But let's jump into our interview. Our word today, which I love because it's in the name of my uh, business, truth, it's our word. Oh, awesome. I'm truth <laughs> prescriptions because I write truth prescriptions. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Tell me why you picked the word truth. I feel like that word, you know, it's a word that you always come back to. It's a word that is powerful in that it is a word that spawns self-reflection. It, it spawns a need for change. It recognizes when change happens. It is very dynamic, the word truth. And 
because it's so dynamic, its possibilities are essentially endless. And no matter where you are, no matter where you are on, a, on your trajectory, no matter where you are in your life, in your, uh, on your timeline for your goals, that is your truth, no matter where you are. So, you know, even if you're assessing something, like if you're about to begin an endeavor and you're assessing, you're taking a, a needs assessment, that is going to be your truth. Like, what resources do I have to do this? That's your truth. Do I have this? Do I have the skills to carry this out? Yes or no? That's your truth. So the word is just, it's a simple word, but it is very, very powerful because of the applications that are myriad and the ability for it to not be a, a concrete thing. It is very, very uh, fluid and it is malleable and it is really up to you how much potential you get out of it or you uh, allow it to get to. Yeah, the depth because of you, it. It can be the, yeah, the depth of it, or it can be the ocean. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like how how willing are you to jump in and explore like what that truth is, what your truth exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. And and I think that's one thing that our sciencey brains were all like, well, there's just one truth. It's black and white. But when you get <laughs> into like actually like expanding, getting out of just the puddle and getting into deeper water, you're like, no, it's so much more. And other people can experience. Oh, yeah truth in other ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I tell you that, you know, truth, even, even my personal truth from when I was 25 years old compared to my truth now at 43, very different mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. in every absolutely. level of my life. And it's not bad. I mean, I think the great thing about it is that you can look back at your truth from before and you can just see how far you've come, you know, or how much further you need to progress. Mm -hmm. So it is just a nice benchmark. You know, it's a benchmark that is very, um, it's, it's a doable benchmark that you can, you can really look at and you can look at it with confidence because it's going to be whatever it is, whatever that time point is, whatever that truth is for you, then that's going to be an accurate reflection of what's happening to you. And so it's great for that. You know, if you can recognize what your truth is or recognize what the truth in whatever it is that you're doing um, is at that time, then you can use that as a jumping point for analysis of the past, as well as um, kind of like a future needs analysis for where the, where you're going to, where you're going. So in your own personal journey, where can you yeah. think of some of those points where, where truth has modified or grown or morphed for you? Uh, there's been so many times. Um, I mean, it depends on how far back you want to go. <laughs> um, so I can think of, so I'll give this example. And this is an example from quite a few years ago probably over 20 years ago, but 
when I got ready, so I knew that I wanted to be a physician since I was eight. And I know that sounds weird, but because, and it's, it's strange, it's actually kind of strange because I was born on an island from Jamaica and I had really no exposure to medicine except for when I went to my pediatrician's office. Like that was the only exposure. Like we didn't have doctor friends. Like we were, you know, we were just middle-class, you know, there wasn't any, like, we didn't have that kind of rub shoulders with that elite crowd. And so, you know, I knew I wanted to do it. My mom really saw that spark in me and she made some tremendous sacrifices to ensure that we could come to the, come to the United States and for me to be able to pursue that goal. So this has always been my driving force all throughout school. So I like did everything in high school, did everything to get into a good college, et cetera. And so while I was in high school, though, even though I was in the top 10 in my school and I was constantly working towards academic excellence, I took the standardized test, the SAT, and I did not do the way it did not do as well as I thought I should have done given what knowledge I had gained during the academic years. And so my truth then was clearly this type of testing is not my favorite. Clearly I need training in this area. So I literally, I think I must've studied probably like 2000 words to do better on the English and I did a lot of math problems, a lot <laughs> of math problems. I took a course. I literally had to train my mind because I knew that was a weakness. And my truth was at that point, if I didn't do something different, the next opportunity would shatter my chances of getting into the school that I desired in order to get the end goal, which was medicine. So I literally did all those things and then I increased my score by 200 points. So, you know, so that was a victory. And so now I kept that truth, that same truth of standardized testing being a weakness for me. And I carried it into college. And I knew that to get into medical school, I would need to take the MCAT. So I started thinking about ways to circumvent that test because I knew that I didn't want to mess it up, you know. And so I initially applied to programs that you get in right after high school, directly into college and medical school. So I applied to several of those. I got interviews, but they said that I was too young because I was 16 at the time. So they said I was too young and that was the main reason why they did not accept me. So I was okay with that. So when I did not, that path was, was thwarted. I said, okay, there's got to be another way. So I go, I do my freshman year at my school. And at our school, we took very challenging courses. I mean, not the typical freshman courses. I think I was taking chemistry, physics, computer science, biology, um, and something else. I had like, 15 credits and they were all hardcore science and calculus. And I pretty much took all the courses, like most of the courses that were the pre-med prerequisites in my freshman year. 
And so then I started looking around. I was like, there's got to be a way, another way for me to get into medical school without having to take this MCAT. So then I found that there are several programs that take you after your sophomore year. And I met all the requirements. I had a good SAT score, <laughs> the second one, of course. I had great grades in really tough courses. And so that's what I did. So my truth from high school, where I identified that standardized testing was not my strong point, carried over to my, to I recognized this so that I can not let that be a stumbling block to getting towards the end goal, which is becoming a physician. And so I applied to one of these programs and I got accepted. And so for the remaining portion of college, I didn't have the burden of worrying about studying for an MCAT or worried about getting into medical school because I already had that. And it was all because I recognized that truth that was demonstrated while I was in high school. That's amazing. That's great. Let me tell you a little true story since we're devolving into our, our past. So I knew I wanted to be a doctor probably around age eight too. I, I'm telling oh, wow. you, you were like really? my BS. So mine was, I had, um, my dad loved going to auctions and he had bought this box of books after I had like dug up through it before the auction started. I'm like, dad, I want that box of books. He got it for like a dollar, a whole huge, like, remember when Dole bananas used to come in these big old heavy duty boxes. So he had got oh, yeah. one of those and in there was a four set volume of a medical, like medical encyclopedias. And I wanted it from then because I was just that kind of kid. And so I read through all, I, I like, I knew as much as I could know in 1997 that a medical encyclopedia could teach you as a kid. And uh, one night my little brother was pretty sick. And so I get my little hokey medical encyclopedia out and I'm whipping through the pages and I'm like poking on them in different spots and like yeah. had heard about these different signs and I was like doing it on him. And I told my dad at the time, I was like, Kurt's got, Kurt's got appendicitis. He was like, no, he's just got stomach flu. It's fine. 3 a.m. that next morning, my brother was in the emergency room with a ruptured appendix and, <laughs> and oh they were cleaning out his belly. And I was like, boom, that I got this. I got this. And so that was my like truth at that point that I was like, all right, all right, I can do this. I know this. And so it's amazing that, you know, we hold to that. We, Absolutely. I, I think, I think when I remember that story and, you know, we all have rough days. We do. You know, those, when the days are good, they're really good. And when they're bad, they're really bad. And when we can go back to those moments, like to you, that little girl, age eight. And for me, that little girl poking around on her brother, you know, and we can go back to and think about even as children, we were de destined to be healers, even in the worst days now. I think that gives me a little spark of hope and encouragement. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, like you said, like when you're in the darkness of burnout, you forget those things because all you can do yeah. is survive. Yes. Yes. That's, that's, that's so much the truth yeah. <laughs> to echo our word. Yeah. And it, it is such a good word. So I would encourage like all of our listeners today as we're talking about this word truth. I think we can get hung up on it sometimes because we're like, you know, what was our truth in the past doesn't feel like our truth today. 
And I don't know about you, but I'm a bulldog about things and I just don't let things go sometimes. And that's one thing that I've found on my journey is that being okay with letting go of that past truth and embracing this new truth. So, you know, we all make transitions and we all change just like you had mentioned in your own practice. Um, I found that really challenging, letting go of old truths. But the thing is, if you keep a hold of it, you can't accept anything new. How about that in your life? Have you seen that play out? Um, as far as uh, not letting go of something. Um, are you pretty good about that? Are you flexible? You I, might I be try, more flexible I try, than I, I am. Try to be, I try to be pretty flexible. And only because I've had to deal with so much change in my life, like, you know, there was a time when I was literally moving like every couple of years or doing something like constant movement and change and readjustment. So I think that that part taught me to not hold on to things as readily. So, yeah, I would say that that probably is not something that I am struggling with. There's other things I'm struggling with, but it may not be that. Well, good. I'm glad that you don't know, sure. I I don't know. There's just something in my brain. Like I said, I just bulldog things. I just chomp down on it and just shake the shit out of it until I just am like, Aaron, let it go. Because <laughs> I just, ugh. Uh, it's just a big struggle for me. But I'm getting better at it. I keep telling myself I'm a recovering perfectionist. So, you know, you just, there you go. There you you go. just keep, keep working it. Keep to going again. When you start falling back into old habits, you throw up the flags and say, whoa, settle down now come back to something else. That's right. Anything else to leave with our viewers about truth? I would say that, you know, well, you actually bring up a very good point. Uh, I mentioned that your truth can be different at different points in your life, but depending on what's happening. So, but you bring up the point of holding on to old truths and not being willing to evolve with your life to the new truth. So I think that's definitely something that's worth focusing on because if we aren't able to let go and accept our current situation, then we aren't really able to do a a thorough self-reflection, which will then lead to us being better than we were before. So I would say just trying to keep an open mind and not be afraid to let go if you have to in order to move forward. Absolutely. And I can think of so many examples in my own life where I've had to do that. Like having children, that was a major, I had to learn to let a lot of things go and a lot of things change. And I'm still learning on that too. Those, you know, that shift in life and uh, yeah, it's just not the same and it's not ever going to be the same. That's the truth. Beautiful. Well, if our listeners want to come hang out with you, what are some great places to find you at? Your website, you mentioned that. But yes. Wh- where you, what are your handles for social media? So for Twitter, I am at charms, C-H-A-R-M-S, fit, F-I-T, doc, D-O-C. I am on LinkedIn at Charmaine Gregory, M-D. I am on Instagram at F F 
W. Charmaine. And the Charmaine is spelled C-H-A-R-M-A-I-N-E. And Facebook, I am at Charmaine Gregory, MD. Beautiful. Well, we will get all your links posted all in one place for everybody if they're interested in hanging out with you. Because I'm going to hang out with you on everything. I know I just hang out with you like on two places. I'm going to get it all done with this. Thank you so much for joining me today. And everybody, just hold to your truce. Yay, Dr. Gregory. She is so much fun. I have to tell you guys that after our interview, we actually did connect over social media on so many platforms and have really done a lot of cool collaborative work together. You definitely need to check out her new podcast. Um, It's Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. It really is so good. And I know that she's working so hard on her public speaking, but she does such a great job with it. So I would highly encourage that you pop over there, um, tag her podcast and start listening to it. And also the Women in White Coats has been such a great movement. I have been so honored and named as one of their Women in White Coat heroes. Oh my gosh, I'm so appreciative that they even considered me for this honor. And I'm so excited to go to their conference and not only be a part of that group, but also to support this movement. So check out Women in White Coats too while you're at it. Well, before I let you go, I do want to do a bit of a kick of encouragement because that's just who I am and everybody needs a little bit more encouragement in their life. So recently we were doing some major home repairs on our leaky basement That's a whole nother story altogether about the home that we bought. But making lemons into lemonade, I got a whole new home office out of the deal. So I was hanging up my diplomas and my certificates, awards, and the big one slipped. You know the big one, because if your med school was like mine, they made sure that our diplomas were the biggest of the biggest mamas. And the frame alone, it could throw out your back. So anyway, Big Bertha was falling to the floor and my initial reaction was, oh my God, like in slow motion as it's moving. I immediately took a breath, opened my eyes and picked her up and looked her over. Whew, just a crack in the frame. But wait, why did I freak out over a piece of paper behind glass? It's just a piece of paper, right? Well, right and kind of wrong. Yeah, it's a piece of paper that I could pay a fee to get replaced by my alma mater. Yes, there's no magic upon receiving this double heavy weighted paper that turned me into a doctor goddess. And yes, even without it, I would still be Aaron Wiseman D.O. But also, no. There is so much that this paper represents. Years of sweat, turmoil, tears, tests, lost sleep early mornings, long drive, missed events, God, my whole 20s, hundreds of encounters, evaluations, and a shit ton of money. When I see this piece of paper, pride and accomplishment bubbles up at me. It's kind of my adult gold star. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But yet, it still is a piece of paper that'll age and it'll probably be thrown away after my departure from this life. I'm kind of realizing that, that my kids will probably get rid of it. But as I have changed the course of my medical practice, I keep coming back to a question that my coach asked me that I want to pose to you guys because it kind of does involve this. And the question was, what are the things that if removed from your life, 
you would be devastated by. So back in 2014, I mentioned my family, close relationships, you know, that was the answers that I came up with. But the one answer that really bubbled out when I was talking through this question with my coach is I said, I think if I lost my medical license and my medical degree, yeah, if that was gone, I would be totally upset. Now, flash forwarding now, I really have learned that my identity as healer goes so far beyond that and so far beyond my license number and Big Bertha. I have learned finally I will always be a doctor and I bet that is the same for you, friend. Well, that's it for today. I hope that you enjoyed our little talk about truth. I hope you enjoyed the kick of encouragement. And I just want you to know, hey, I really am here for you. If you need anything, find me, get a hold of me, send me an email, social media, whatever. Because I am doing this podcast not only for myself, but for you too. So remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.